Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Three past seven. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning. Brent Costello here up and about uh, alongside my sparring partner, Timmy Payne. How are you, mate? BCMC, how are you? BCMC. Oh, very crisp, Tim. Very, very crisp. you've had a busy weekend. I'm surprised you're here. I have had a busy weekend, but I am here and I'm excited for the show ahead because we've got a big one coming up. Ben Smith, Basketball Tasmania CEO, will join us. Looking forward to that. Also, the Tournament Director of the Hobart International Darren Sturgis, Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing. Going to unpack all the AFL from the weekend, the local footy. Lots to get through, but we start with the preamble, of course, where we talk, um, you know, bits and bobs from our life and what we did over the weekend. Tim, Hmm. how was yours? Uh, Pretty good, actually. Um, I was going to... As I touched on with you during the way, I was going to go to the footy, but I didn't get there I in the end. You, I had, you were never um, going. Well, yeah. I had birthday party thing, and I must admit, I went to one of the greatest kids' birthday parties I've ever seen on the weekend. Really? Mate. And it was 2 till 3.30, so it kind of took the grand final out of it. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Well, it was like it had face painting. It had a bloke on a wheel doing that fairy floss. On a wheel? You know, have you ever seen fairy floss being yeah. made? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. literally he's there with the oh, stick. and doing it's, it live. And he's like, yeah. Okay. Had a proper popcorn thing just popping away and person serving that. The food was unbelievable. It had face painting. It had a jumping Jeez. castle. These are the Honestly, circles I, you're I mixing, want, though. I didn't they? even want to leave. Kids were knackered. I was like, this is great. I had to <laughs> thing off to the side where the boys were all, because it was twins, boy and girl. And the boys were all playing soccer. The girls were all getting their face painted. It was it was unbelievable. Where was it at? Uh, just down Sandy Bay in Lord Street, okay. the church there. All oh, right. Um, corner of Lord and Grosvenor, I think it is. Um, yeah, so went there and then went down to the shack, actually, Breno. And Sunday was a total shutdown. I don't normally condone this type of parenting, but I said to the kids, here's your iPad. Leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. That I don't was, mind. That was my weekend. What about you? Yeah, well, actually, we've had contrasting weekends. Have we got enough time in the preamble? We've only got 14 minutes left to go through where you've been this weekend and why you've now been nicknamed BCMC. Well, yeah, look, you got to take. I think it's going to stick. You got to take gigs when you can get them, Tim. And September's a busy month with footy finals, oh. etc. It's a it's a good time if you're looking to do an so, MC gig. Let's go. Let's go back to Friday. Friday did the show. Yep. OB and the key OB too just went very nicely. Didn't it go went nicely? Off beautifully. Still disappointed I've got that problem against the left arm in swing. <laughs> I think I'd sort that out. Anyway, uh, back to you. Yeah, went to the Bill Sorrell Sports Lunch with Kane Corns, guest speaker. That went really well. So you obviously emceed the whole show yes. as well as interviewing Kane. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did that. How was that? Really well. Kane was very well received. Great speech. He's and we, we focused speaker. on him more than his you know, controversial opinions, because you get those here on, on the Mighty SEN, of course. Yep. So we, we delved into his career, which was great. And he, he shared some of his experiences and insights, as you did a couple of weeks ago, which was... Got him on the stadium and Tassie team, what were yes. his thoughts there? Yeah, no, he's excited. He drove past Mac Point, obviously, on his way down and, and just, you know, got a real good feel about the whole thing. Now, did he, he go was, and stand on, on it? Because it's, it's, it's a bit unstable from what I've been reading. It's a bit shaky, <laughs> shaky ground. ground down there. Shaky ground, yes. But no, that was good. Hopefully they address that. Hey, you wouldn't want to like be halfway through building something and then go, oh. You'd hope it's they've done their research it. on that. Okay. You'd Next. hope so, wouldn't Sorry, you? Sorry, back to you. 
Uh, back to me. Didn't do anything Friday night, so... Well, obviously, you yeah, need to rest at some stage. All day at the SFL Grand Final on Saturday from well, 9 And what does that five. involve? That was just doing a few grand announcements and then the presentations at the end of the games. Each game? Each game. Colts, and reserves, seniors. Yep. Any then, commentary? No commentary, right. no. Didn't and want to double dip. From there, I was... A you would have, how much tax would you be paying this month? A lot. Yeah. Okay. Or are you just getting a workout? Okay. Uh, so I had to. I was a bit worried about this. I had to race from North Hobart Oval whenever the the uh, the game was finished. It was heading towards extra time there at some at one point there in the last quarter before Signet kicked well and truly away. But I had to get to the Grand Chancellor by enough time to have a shower and get changed into my black tie suit uh, for the charity event I hosted, the Speak Up State Charity yep. event Saturday night. Saturday night, which was which was really good as well. Yesterday, well, I, my head spinning I had a day off, but tonight, we've got the, the Lynch medal tonight too, out at KG5, so I'll be there my as well. Oh, God. How do you do it? Oh, I don't know. So it's good fun though, Tim. As I said, September's a big month for MC gigs. You've got to take them when you can get them. And so when you get paid these cashies, are you <laughs> the type of person, do you just like, have you got like an air, a stash at your house or do you take it into the bank and put it in there? Or no, yeah, do you just all keep it in done. the glove box of the car? Tim. I've got an ABN you have to use, so it's all done Please. properly. Now, I'm glad you brought up my busy no, weekend, no, no, though. No, no, Let's keep going. Oh, you still got more. Saturday night. Yeah. Emceeing. The Speak Up Say Charity Ball. Right. Yeah. Charity. Yes. So did you give your purse back to the charity? Yeah, I didn't charge them a cent. Of course I would. It's a charity, Tim. I'm not like you. I don't charge Hamish, can you charity believe? events. Look, look at the head over here just bobbling away. <laughs> Here's a Honestly. text in here. How many of these jobs were cashed, John, from the ATO? Absolutely. <laughs> they, were, they were all done very properly through my ABN, thank you. But I want to go back to Friday because I was leaving the event late on Friday afternoon and I'm walking to my car and someone's yelling out, Brent, 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 from across the car park. And I've turned around, this poor bloke's run over to me. And I want to ask you a question. Are you missing anything from your life at the moment? Oh, that could, that could, plenty could of things. things <laughs> plenty of things. One of the reasons why I leave the keys in the car, Brent, is because I lose I lose stuff daily. Correct. Wallets. Correct. Phones. Correct. Keys. Cards. Correct. So, as I said, I'm making my way across the car park. I get Brent, Brent, Brent. I turn around. This poor bloke's coming and chasing me, waving his arms at me with something. Where was this? At the casino? At the casino. Well, I don't venture down there car. too often. Anyway, this bloke was from a rival car company, uh, not Kia. Oh. A rival car company. He said, "You've just triggered a memory. I have been oh, trying. I was thinking ages ago. Where was the remote to my garage? Is that where you're going with this?" He said, "I want to set it up first. <laughs> you bought a, a car off him, <sighs> and then you've had to call back a couple of months later. Saying, Mate, look, I've got this new gig. Blah, blah, I've blah. got a beautiful new car. That's hilarious. Any chance you could buy the Kluger back off me because I've got a freebie now. Big buddy. That's hilarious. Matthew O'Shea's chased me down and said, could you please give this to <laughs> Thank Tim? Thank you. There it is, your remote for your garage. Well, Hammer and I have actually been, when you're at the party, Hammer and I were down there doing a garage sale. We, oh, yeah. we, we opened her up and well, uh, sold all your stuff. So you, you didn't. Check Thank you for that. Good on you, Matty. I actually forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking... Where have I put my garage See? remote? But because of how I am, just generally in life, it doesn't concern me too too much. And I think I'll just find it. It'll it'll come up, turn up in a bag, or I'll find <laughs> it in a pair of pants, or it, maybe I borrowed someone's 
Nick's car, his ute, and yes. I put it in there so you can. Uh, yes. It, it could be anywhere, and I knew it would find its way back to me, Brent. And look at that. The, the mail I've got has been hounding you with phone calls saying, come and get it, come and get it. Well, you haven't been asked to true. go and get it. That's not true. And he's had to pop it in his pocket on the off chance he's run into. Luckily, he saw me there knowing I'd see you Monday. So well, I'll tell you what, that is great service. You know him, I owe him an apology and a beer. No, that's fair. That's fair. Mm, there you go. So you can get that. Now, I want to get on to... Rob Shaw, your uncle. That's excellent. <laughs> I honestly it. thought I'd lost it. He, and because what normally happens is I would go and get a new one, and then literally two days later it would turn up in a bag or in a. Well, your oh, garage you, is empty, just Man. so you know. Don't be surprised if you go and there's nothing in there. Cause... Well, I did have to move some stuff out of it. Because, again, when I don't have my remote and it drives Bonnie mad, because she's obviously still got her remote, but I, I don't like parking on the street. <laughs> no. So what I do is I, when she leaves for work, I unclip it. And so when I drive home, just park there and lift it up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can make it a manual. <laughs> then I pull it back down, well, put the clip back on. So there you go, Bonnie. I've sorted your family life out for you. Thank you, mate. You've done well. Now, on to Rob Shaw, your uncle. Is there a family feud brewing here, Tim? Because we asked him to come on the show and he said no. And then I, my ears pricked up on Saturday morning when I tune into Saturdays in Tassie and there he is. What? Can I, I you guys know. sort it out? This you, is you, a, need to, you need to... This is the first time hearing of it, Brent. As I've said to you many times, I'm, Saturday mornings for me are a busy time with the kids. <laughs> um, well, he was on the Saturday show. Although I feel... we, we, he did ask to come on our show early doors, Yeah, but he? then you had the big bust up with the, the map, wearing the map on the, the jersey. We had... Last week. Differing opinions yeah, on it. Yeah, I feel like there's a But few. then his Facebook post that he put up, I agreed with what he said. <laughs> there's just one sticking point. The map, that's mm -hmm. all, and, I think and the use of call. it. I think I've, actually had more, I've actually had more thoughts around the map. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think I, I've come to the thing we wear it twice. Once in Tasmania and once on the mainland, and we bring together all the people that have played for Tassie on those days and have a huge celebration of Tasmanian football. You know what? This is something Grant O'Brien, I interviewed Grant O'Brien at the lunch on Friday, and one thing he said they're going to do, and this is an SEN exclusive, you can Another roll, one. roll Hold over on. this. Let's get his little bobblehead going. <laughs> there it is. What they're going to do is go back into the history of those that have worn the map and work out who's worn it and have the numbers. So I like it. A bit like the baggy green. Yeah. When you get and because a number of those guys would live on the mainland as well now. Yes. Because of how AFL football is. Exactly. So, yeah, have one of these map heritage games on the mainland at the MCG and invite all the players mm -hmm. and have a history day and, and, and get around them all, the past players, celebrate our history. But it doesn't have to be worn every week. You should pick up the phone and ring your uncle all right. and sort it all out. Get in touch with each other. Do you want, you want him on, do you? Love to have him on. All right. Yeah. Of course. Well, I'll have to do that because obviously Hamish couldn't get it done. <laughs> now, maybe it's Hamish. <laughs> maybe it Hamish is. is the one making the calls. Yeah, what's going on, Hammer? Now, speaking of which, you brought in a prop here. We've got the bobblehead now, and you brought in the young the bobbleheads son. for every time Brent drops a S SEN exclusive or gets really happy with his work, <laughs> uh, which I really like, which will be wobbling a lot. The second one, we've had a few issues with Hamish's. Grammar. Yeah, we have. And the rundown sheet, and obviously Ron Burgundy Costello, BCMC, <laughs> reads what he sees. So every time he stuffs one up now, I'm going to fire one at him. <laughs> and then reload and go just... again. And it's there for you as well. 
They're rubber. They're not going to hurt anyone. He's just missed his head, and they they've got some. Secondly, Charlie Payne's been causing a few issues with it. So if I get it out of the house, it's not as big of an issue. So I've sort of killed two birds with one stone. Might have a crack myself just to have a practice. Well, only it's to be used only. Yeah. Well, this one's from last week, Hammer, with the. And you've got to bring him in. Got to give him fair warning. No, we don't. And I might actually give him warning. I might bring a helmet in for him to wear. Well, that might be a story for next preamble, mm. actually, about Hammer's history in sport. I'm looking forward to bringing that up with you because you don't know about it, and I do. No, and I don't. it's very, very humorous. Well, I'm more surprised that you know about Hamish's sporting history but had no oh, idea no. of my own. <laughs> yeah, <exactly laughs> right. Anyway. Oh, dear. We'd love to hear anyway, from you this morning. Have on we the... got a few uh, social feedback from uh, the weekend? Yeah, we do. Oh, I was going to go to a break. Okay. Can, we well, can whip no, through no. some of that if you like. Oh, good. Okay. We'll good. Come back uh, to it. We'll we'd love to hear from you this morning on our open line. Uh, text us in on 0437 552 535. Already text in too, Brent. Did you read that? For Brent too. Yeah, I read it out before. The not SN related one. Oh, no, what happened to win and Nine's aspirations to produce local Nine News hour-long news bulletin for Tasmania? Yeah, What's I, happened to that? I don't know, Tim. I don't work for Channel Nine, well, so I can you have tell to ask you them. what my guess would be. George, who sent that text in, they've been trying to do it for a number of years, and they just haven't been able to agree to terms with the great <laughs> BCMC over here, whose price just keeps going up and up and up. Oh. <laughs> We're going to get to a break. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 0437 552. And have Carl Stefanovic five, and Brent Costello three, on the same pay grade. Uh, let us know what you thought of the footy on the weekend, how many cashies you did. You might have done your own cash. I haven't done cashies. I've done it very, very... If the government uh, oh, tax oh, office is listening, look out. check my ABN. It's all legit, which is which is very good. Uh, we're going to get to a break. We're going to talk about the footy on the other side of it here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning. Yeah, he's a bit of head wobble there at the moment, Brent. Come on. <laughs> Doherty gets loose on the wing, McVie trying to close, Doherty, brave as can be, marks and plays on, has a bounce, kicks to full forward, up goes Akers, goal, goal, goal! goal! Carlton hit the front inside the final minute! Uh, what a thrilling finish to the game at the MCG on Friday night. Melbourne did doing all it could to lose that game oh. and go out in straight sets in the 2023 final series. But uh, when Carlton's up and about, Timmy Boy, it is good for footy, I reckon. who was up and about? Jared Waitley was up and about. <laughs> it's finals footy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's infectious. Did you listen to the Colton radio? I did. Yeah, Andy <laughs> was up and about. He was nearly in tears. Yeah, amazing. It's it's brilliant. So, well done to Carlton. They're through for a date against Brisbane at the Gabba on Saturday, 5.15. And then we've got the big one Friday night, Collingwood. And the Giants getting it done over Port Adelaide. We just spoke Ooh. about it a little bit off air, didn't we? Like, And we've touched on a lot, the big Melbourne clubs, what they do to finals. Mm-hmm. And when that siren went... And the da 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 around the MCG, it is it's infectious. I saw one at the train station. There was a whole line of people just singing the Carlton it's, song. Uh, but ninety odd thousand people just roaring yeah. out a team song. Michael Voss celebrating. The bench was ecstatic. Amazing. There's just something magical about about finals footy and big clubs being involved. But I'll tell you what, Brenna, Melbourne, Ooh. they'd be kicking themselves. As would Port Adelaide. Both had themselves in a good position. Well, I thought at, the, Port, at the end of Port the home and away smashed. season. At the end of the home and away season, yeah. about. They so, dropped off massively. Mm. But Melbourne, I thought, oh, there's just so many little things. Even late in that game, what was Max Gorn doing? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Surely just crashing into him and. Uh, 
kicking, it's going to sting him for a long time, isn't it? A loss like that. But well, it was their have... goal kicking a little bit on the weekend, but if you look at their their actual body of work for the last, well, for however long, really, their inability to kick, to get a forward line that functions yeah, and kick scores. Very like, dysfunctional. I saw a stat the other day, like their last, they've lost four finals in a row since winning the premiership, but their stats in those finals in terms of possession and inside 50s and whatever, they, they sh- probably should have won most of those games. They've lost all four. Now, Tim. And haven't been able to address it in two, it's been two years. Speaking of addressing something, yeah, I've screenshotted this out of the Mercury this morning. Melbourne likely to let Grundy go. You've said there's no chance he leaves. We've got the audio to prove it, so don't try and well, back can I hear it? Out. Can I we hear when it, I said there it. is no chance? We haven't got it right now. We'll okay. get that. Well, I've never but said there was no chance. It's on the record, so. What? No, Brent. You've said... Put your little bobblehead away for a second. <laughs> what I said was, have you heard Simon Goodwin? Have you heard Alan Richardson speak about? So we've got to get their head of footy and their senior coach saying, we're not going to let him go. Tim, so I go and sit here as a football rubbish. fan... And take that... people on oh. face value. And they told me. You know better They this. told me. Come on. Don't that st- they are not letting him go. As if they're going to come out and say, at round 17, gee, we made a mistake with Brody Grundy. We are trading him. You know better than that. Don't talk rubbish. What do you mean? What would they say that at round 17 or round 18? Well, or he's off talking to clubs. Wait. Well, as if they're going to come out and say that. Why not? They, they just wouldn't. What sort of it world would be living in where you can't be honest, And I know it's a bad look. He's doing that behind the scenes. Just got to be honest. Just come out and say, yeah, it's likely he'll go. Hasn't worked. And while we're at it, we're going to sack our list manager who signed him for 700 grand. Because it hasn't worked. So it can't just be his fault. He can't be the only person to go. They've gone and spent a huge yeah, amount of money. And, it, and they've stuck at it for, what, six months? That's fair. So where's I, the error being made? I'm with you. Get- I, I can't just have a player moved on. If he moves on, then someone else from that football club's made a huge mistake in signing him. A hundred percent. And then they've come well, out. Was it worth this a is try, like though? people. This is like people retiring and then unretiring Brent. Was it He's worth come a out try? and said, we're not going to get rid of him. Did they not say that? Was it Alan worth- Richardson was on SEN and said that he's, those exact words. We're not going to trade him. Brody, um, Max Gorn's getting on in age. We need it. We see him as a key part of our future. Blah, blah. This was three weeks ago. I think you added two years on to Max's age on Friday. So I got a text about that. What he's is he, 33? 30, 31, I think. Yeah, sorry. So when Alan Richardson was talking about it, he said, if we add a couple of years to Max Gorn, he's getting towards the end of his career. 31, 33, 32, whatever. Mm. That's why I thought they got Grundy there. Before I ask you about so the... they've got to stick the course, Brent. Before I ask Say, you... Brody, you signed a contract, mate. <laughs> You're staying here. I want to talk about the Work Giants. Work on your forward craft. Sharp, Tim. I want to talk about the <laughs> Giants. What a... Would you be nervous if you're a Collingwood supporter coming into Friday night? They're playing some unbelievable footy. They're coming off a shorter break, coming in from a Saturday to a Friday game. But, oh, I reckon they'd be a little nervous, the Magpie supporters, Hammer. I would be nervous. Yeah. Because they are good. They are really good. And maybe Jordan Silk was right. They can win the whole thing. Wouldn't doubt him now. Would not (laughs) doubt him after. Well, we've said, though, haven't we? I mean, I love old wine Silky up all day long, but... um, yeah, you can't argue with the brand of footy they're playing. They're, they're a really nice mix. And I'm, again, I'm no bloody football, I'm not Kane Corns, football analyst here, but the way they win the ball and then it's noticeable when they get it on the outside, how, how quick they are, how hard they run, how hard they work. Like the gut running, I mean, you don't have to play AFL footy to understand how hard it is to run long distance at that intensity. And, and it was noticeable on the weekend how much harder they either wanted to work or were capable of working mm-hmm. than Port. 
who looked like to me were on the slide come the end of the year. Be remiss of us not to wind up our AFL chat without uh, a tribute to Ron Barassi and Kevin Cowboy Neal, who both passed away over the weekend. Two giants of Australian rules footy, Tim. That yeah, will very be sadly sad. missed. Very sad. Um, well, there'll be plenty more over the final series remembering those two gentlemen. No doubt about it. Hey, a text in here on the open line. So, I like this. If Tim thinks the Tassie footy team should only wear the map two times a season, which games should the Aussie Test cricket team only wear the baggy green in two times a season? Thanks, Damien, for your text. A very good response to your argument. Not really. Why? Because the Australian cricket team's the Australian cricket team. Mm-hmm. This is a Tasmanian football club. They're not, Tas- they're not the Tasmanian representative team. I think Damien's pointing to the history, though. Okay. The nostalgia behind why yeah. it makes something special. The Australian cricket team has been playing cricket for how long? A long time. Yeah. How long has the Tasmanian AFL team been playing for? Has he been wearing the map for a long time? How long has the Tasmanian AFL team been playing for? Hasn't played a game yet. Okay. Mm. Right. So it's a new team. That's your answer. Is it a new team? It it will be a new team. Okay. There you Mm -hmm. go. Okay. Love to hear from you this morning. Let us know what you think. This map conversation continues to grow on. Do we wear it for the AFL side or do we not wear it or do we wear it sometimes? Let us know what you think on our open line. 1300 42 15 is how you can call us or you can text us as well. 0437 552 We're off to new sport and weather. On the other side of it, it is Andrew Jenkins, the CEO of Taz Racing here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning. SEN Tassie breakfast for a Monday morning and foster or adopt a greyhound today. GapTaz.com.au from Taz Racing. The CEO, Andrew Jenkins, joins us. Morning, AJ. Hey, g'day, Brennan. Morning, mate. How are you? Oh, I haven't got him, Brennan. Morning, AJ. You there? Hello, guys. You got me there? Oh, we've got him now. There you go. Beautiful. Good to talk to you, mate. Now, before we begin this morning... Some mail has come across our desk that Tim wants to ask you about, so I'll throw it over to the former test giver. Morning, AJ. Right away, right um, look, everyone was wrapped with the magician running fourth. Don't don't get me wrong, but rumour has it back here that you may have celebrated a little bit hard. Um, karaoke's been mentioned. I think we've got the audio file at some stage that we might <laughs> be able to play, but can you elaborate on, on your celebrations? And now looking back, do you think you took it a little bit too far? <laughs> Yeah, no, look, guilty guilty as charged. We were all pretty pumped <laughs> up after the magicians uh, rolled home into fourth. So uh, we jumped on the, I think it was about the 10 o'clock bus after the races at, uh, at Menangle, and I did take it upon myself to uh, engage the entire bus in some form of uh, karaoke. So you, you can imagine we're pulling out all of the uh, the, the holy grail, uh, things of this nature. I think we finished up with a bit of American pie. Oh, no, it's a CEO's role, isn't it? Leadership, 101. <laughs> something, yeah, something like that. It's a very loose form of it, but yes. Uh, now, let's look back at Devonport yesterday. Anthony Darmanin, half the Cardi Road up there, AJ. Yeah, it was an absolute ripping day for, uh, for Darmanin. He rode, uh, rode four and placed on another one, I think, as well, um, which is great. He's, um, he's a lovely guy, Darmanin, and he's a, he's a fly-in, fly-out jockey who comes over from uh, the mainland. And uh, most racing fans would be familiar with uh, his, uh, his great success in association with uh, Mystic Journey um, a few years ago uh, now. But, uh, yeah, Dharma certainly very, very dominant yesterday, so it was a, a great day riding for. AJ, can you give us a preview of the breeders' heats up in uh, the dogs up in Launceston as well, please? 
Yeah, got uh, got four of the uh, the breeders' heats uh, going around um, tonight. They look uh, they look pretty open. Um, some really really good fields, and uh, I know that uh, all of the trainers associated with are, um, are very excited. So um, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing them go around in um, in Lonnie tonight. I'm actually up here this morning, and the weather looks superb. So um, hopefully it holds out, and everyone has a really terrific night at the um, at the heats. Now, just back on Devonport, uh, I want to ask you about Bill Hayes. He's usually your race photographer, but uh, his horse got up yesterday and a bit of a feel-good story because he suffered a, a pretty nasty injury recently. Yeah, he has the uh, the great man, Billy, um, and you spot on our uh, our course photographer, but um, he blew out uh, an Achilles um, and uh, did a very good job of it. So uh, he's in the in the boot and he's on a, a walker kind of thing, but uh, he, uh, he owns the winner of... Um, the first uh, yesterday, I think it's a rumour, um, the uh, the horse. And, uh, yeah, good good little win. So, yeah, shout-out to Billy. And um, he's a lovely fella and uh, due for a, a turn of luck after, as I say, blowing out the Achilles. So, yeah, it was a really nice racing story and we're wrapped for him. Uh, you also wanted to give a shout-out, mate, to Clayton Riley, who's a strong supporter of racing in Tasmania, also recently been in hospital. Yeah, thanks, Payne. So, um, yeah, Clayton is the publican at the Campbelltown uh, hotel, and uh, he and his wife Vanessa have recently uh, taken on the Blenheim as well uh, in uh, in Longford. But um, yeah, look, really strong supporters of racing, um, and, and sponsor uh, a lot, or uh, put in a lot of sponsorship, I should say, to the uh, the sport. And yeah, Clates has been a bit crook. So racing people, if you're going through Longford or you're going through Campbelltown, pop in and um, have a have a frothy, or pop in and have a, a bite to eat at uh, either the Campbelltown or the Blenheim. Well, it's no secret. Greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. GapTaz.com.au. More than a sport, more than an industry. Visit it's WowieRace.com.au. Great to have you part of the show, Andrew Jenkins, and we'll talk to you on Friday or Snapper, whoever decides to roll up on Friday. Could be anyone. Yeah, we don't know. We just we love it. We love the spontaneity of it all. <laughs> Thanks so much, fellas. Good to talk. See ya. Andrew Jenkins, the CEO of Taz Racing. Text here on the open line. Only wear the baggy green in the Lords and Sydney test matches. Who's that from? I don't know. Thoughts? I'm sick of talking about it, honestly. (laughs) I'm so sick of talking about it. My opinion is wear it a couple of times a year. Simple. The baggy green. state jumper. This is a new team. (laughs) Please agree or disagree, but stop texting me about it. It's right up there with the Ben Stokes stuff for me at the moment. Have your own opinion. I ask people to text in about it. Good. Give your opinion. Tell us what you want, not what I don't. He just did. No, we only didn't. this guy here. We're not talking about only... the test team. We're talking about the Tasmanian Football Club. All right, the Tassie Devils, That's as they're known. The, great well, the map's going to be on it somewhere, up. but we're not wearing it every week. He's fly- Christ, people, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, he is fired up, my man. This morning, oh four three seven double five two five three five. Should we start wearing the baggy green in the T twenties as well? Do you think? And the one day game. Let us know your And thoughts. the creams. Well, let's wear the creams in T20 cricket because <laughs> of tradition and, and the history of it. After this, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about cricket, the ODI team Are over we? there in South right. Africa. Good. Did uh, they wear the baggy greens last night? We're going to talk about night? the JJ's hot start to the NBL Blitz as well. The Devils, of course, going down oh, that was tough. in the Coach League. And we've got the two grand finalists locked in for the TSL. We'll unpack it all next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents Today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning.
0437 is our open line. Also get us on social media at SEN Tassie. Plenty to discuss. We love your thoughts on the footy fallout from the weekend. You want to talk to us about how the Jack Jumpers started at the NBL Blitz and they started in fine fashion, Tim, with a, a nice win over South East Melbourne Phoenix. We spoke about Fab Chris Levick on Friday and how underrated he, I think, he is across the competition externally, not internally, of course, because internally very highly rated being elevated to the vice-captaincy, but 16 points, six rebounds from Big Fab, and uh, they started very nicely, the JJ. Have you got him in your super coach? I haven't done my team yet. Oh, my God. I still haven't done my team. I'd like to look at the Blitz anyway before I do my team. So So you watched it all? Who who impressed you? I've only seen the highlights, so I haven't seen, sorry, I haven't watched the whole game because I was at the the ball Saturday night, unfortunately, but I plan to catch up on it, um, hopefully, when I get home tonight because I'd love to sit down and see... Exactly how the boys played, but I saw bits and pieces of it. Saw the the pass from uh, Milton Dore to Marcus yep. Lee. That was Just about ripped the backboard down. Yeah, that was brilliant, and we'll hopefully see that a lot throughout the season. Where will the Phoenix be? Where's um, yeah, not sure. And I mean, do, do, is it a bit? We don't read too much into no. preseason, but it's nice that they're getting some time together. I guess. Now, did we play what you would see as our main five? A lot of the time, or is it used a bit like AFL preseason to? Well, speaking to a, a bit couple closer of, to to real time now, isn't it? They were going to use. I think they got the three games. I think they're going to use a couple just to sort of try things up, and then maybe I'm not sure if they're going to specifically pick the last game to to play the starting five they thought they might use, but they were going to use one of those games to definitely try it. So we'll wait and see what, what it looks like the next couple of games, I guess. So first game is uh, grand final eve, yeah, in Perth. So and then when's our first home game? Not the sixth of October. Right. So looking forward to that. Let's get the great man away. on, the people's champ on the show. Definitely. Scott Groth. Well, if we can get Scott him off his... Groth. Scott, the great man Roth, you, I was about to say. Did you just get confused with Sam Groth and, no. and Scott Roth together? I've been confused a couple of times on this show. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, you mentioned our Supercoach competition, Tim. And if you love it, together with the Mercury, we're looking for Australia's basketball Supercoach. There's a prize pool including cash, merchandise and NBL experiences worth over $10,000. <laughs> For your local club, your coach, and you, plus register to play Supercoach for your chance to win a bonus $2,500. Head to iCanWin.com.au for more details. Our group code is 400254, 400-254. If you'd like to play Supercoach against us, let's go to the cricket. And Australia's ODI series against South Africa, Tim. The Proteas managed to complete the series, come back and bowl Australia out for 193 overnight. 193. From 2 nil up. Mm, and horrible. Dominate. We, we had some injury issues, and I don't think it is our strongest, clearly not our strongest squad. We've got a few boys sitting on the sidelines. So uh, it looks like it was a series used, obviously, leading into a World Cup to trial a few players, trial a few different. Um, I suppose, mixtures of bowling attacks. And I expect now, I think we go to India straight away and play on Friday night. I'm hoping that we, we see more of what our team's going to look like with only now three games leading into a World Cup, I think. So hopefully the experimenting is done. They're clear in their head what their 11 or 12 will look like because obviously conditions will change game to game. But uh, I'd like to see a more settled side in these next three one-day games against India. So Travis Head ruled out with a fractured hand. And I think we named an 18-man squad last night. Okay. The yep. Aussies. Yep. And so I'm trying to just Matt go Short through that. Matt Short received a call-up. Yeah, so Matt Short in for Travis Head. Yep. Um, and then largely the same squad plus sort of Cummins, Stark back in. I think uh, Ashton Agar staying at home for the birth of his first child. Mm-hmm. I expect him to be in the 15. 
So I was just trying to go through who would come out of that 18 to make our 15. What about Tim David too? Tim uh, David. Wicket with his first ball. Yeah, but he's been left out yes. of the 18 yep. going to India. So History-making moment for our hurricane, though. Maybe he sticks to the off-spinners. Mm. Nathan Lyon, Wicket with his first ball, and Tim David. There you go. Um, just a text in here. Jordan Crawford going to be a handful, elite handles and vision. JB, we saw what he had uh, in those first couple of games too against Melbourne United. He's going to be a fan favourite, no yep. doubt about it. Uh, Jackies will be competitive in a really strong comp. Taron Armstrong looked elite for Cairns. Thank you, David, for your text. Hey, guys, just pointing out, JJs now have the map on their back of every jersey. They represent the island. That's Damon. Thank you, Damon. There you go. And another one here. Our family is divided. I'm on Team Tim. We're a club, not a state. We're the map occasionally paying homage to our main jerseys. Tim's favourite cousin, that's from. There you go. Could be anyone. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to there check that go. number, Breno. Uh, so the texts are flying in thick and fast on the open line. We'd love to hear from you. Was there another one there, Three, Brent? You seven. missed out. Did I? Uh, yeah, I agree with painting. Where was that? Where was that I didn't one? miss that one. Do we want blow-ins who have been here for 15 oh, minutes yeah. wearing our sacred emblem or keep it special for the actual reps from our state? Well, I don't agree with that. I don't really subscribe to only Tasmanians can wear it as I've touched on a few times Brent my issue is that this is not a representative team this is an AFL club yes but, and we've uh, said thanks before, for the text Nick from said, Blackman's Bay that's hmm. even just telling where we're from now I like yeah, that. that we'd love to know where you're from and where you're listening to us from 0437 552535 hey we've got the TSL grand final locked in it is North Launceston coming down the highway to take on Kingborough on Saturday, North Hobart Oval. Gee, uh, Clarence yesterday, they had had they were, had them on toast there for a while. Oh, did they, though? Yeah. Well, so not, I'm, a, not... I'm a Clarence fan, so I watched it, and I just felt like, apart from the the start of the game, I felt like, felt like North Launceston were always coming, yeah. and, out, and Clarence's defence was kind of keeping them in, but sort of inside 50s and territory and possession, I thought they were all over us, and in the end, what happened was what it kind of felt like would happen if they could... Hit some targets inside their forward 50, which they did in the last 20 minutes and blew the game apart. Five goals to none in the last quarter, getting it done for the Bombers. I still stick with the Tigers. I've said that since we came on air. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, well, last time they won by, what, 30-odd points, I think, in the first final, or was it more? Yeah, no, it was around 30-odd. Yeah. For me, a big part of the grand final is going to be Kingborough play it, obviously, down at the Twin Ovals on a pretty big surface, and North Launceston play it. Utah Stadium on a very big surface. So who's going to be able to adapt mm. the way they play quicker on that game? Because I think they're pretty well matched, aren't they? Probably probably give Kingborough the slight edge. But I think if North Launceston can play well, they've got some some players in that team like Cox Goodyear who can blow the, the game apart. Mm. So it's going to be really interesting to see. On the smaller ground, a bit more physical um, than probably what both teams are used to on their home decks. So. You'll yeah. be there, Brent, probably emceeing it, singing the National Anthem, no, presenting medals, I'm pre- working in the canine, well, running drinks. What else were you doing? At least when I say I'm going to be somewhere, Tim, I'm like, go. That, that's one thing you can get with me. Unlike you just saying, oh, I'll be there, yeah, it'll be good. Are, you just, are you just waking up to that? <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to get through this quickly because we've got to get to a break, but the Devils falling short by 40 points against the Eastern Rangers, unfortunately, in the prelim final of the Coates League. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Run out of puff, would you say? Yeah, I think so. It's a lot of trouble for him. Eight points in it at three-quarter time and just tied all day. Yep, yep. Um, but again, what a what a great year. And, and it's pretty pretty ordinary that a team 
finish where they finished and have to play two away finals. Yeah. And then get you you come up with it, I think, telling me that it was about the recruiters. Yes. We want to get all the recruits in one place. So apparently they can't fly 50 metres, but they can drive to Bendigo. Oh, I don't How long it. did that take hey, in I'm the car? With you. I'm with you. Would have been shorter to get on the plane and fly down. I'm with it? you. I'm with you. Hey, well done Could to Could have come Signet. to the Bill Sorrell lunch on the Friday afternoon and made a weekend of it. <laughs> Signet. Swin will be talked about for a long time in the SFL after Hillville went through the entire season undefeated. They looked up by what, reckon, 30 to 40 points. I reckon the Lions go into the change rooms at halftime and sing the song and have a few beers? It was bizarre. They, they just ran all over him and it was wet too. That was the other thing. Like it wasn't, it was a tough comeback, you know, to be up that far up and then for them to in come back. Like they did. In a grand final. I know we will talk about this. this is not a bad one for the Texas. What's the greatest comeback you've ever seen? And is it? I just can't remember something like this in a grand final. I remember a prelim final. Was it Essendon and Adelaide? Well, Adelaide 40-odd yeah, points up? Yeah, yeah, In 1993? Yeah, that, that rings a bell, actually, yes. 40-odd so points up and yeah. they got beaten? Mm. But, gee whiz, in a grand final, you go in 40-odd points up. Yep. You probably are in there celebrating. Rochelee defeated Hillwood by 10 points in the NTFA grand final. Two well under Rochelee. And that was an upset too. The old Launcestonians also won the women's grand final in a 15-point win over Bridge North. And well done to North West grads, men and women's team, both Big winning the Premier the League uh, hockey grand finals over the weekend. Uh, so lots to talk about in local sport. We'd love to hear from you. 0437 552 is our text line. We're off to a break and back to up the first hour of the show next. Yeah, plenty of texts coming on here in here on our open line. Hi, men, enjoying the show. Hope you've got some time set aside to mention the achievement of Bernie footballer Bailey Bogue, who won his fourth NWFL Best and Fairest Award yesterday at the Bulldog Medal Function. In 19 games for Bernie this year, he's been in their best players 18 times. Bloke just doesn't play a bad Oof. game. Thanks for your text. Coley in Devonport. Yeah, well done to Bailey Bogue. He's a star of Tassie footy. There's no doubt about that. Sounds like a Sam Siggins-esque year. Yes. Yes, well, he'd be one of the hot favourites for tonight's Lynch medal too, which is the TSL's best and fairest. He's so. got another text in here from one of the show favourites, Alex Johnson, actually. Brent. Johnston. Johnston. Brent did a fabulous job hosting the big ball on Saturday night, mm-hmm. but it has to be said that he got a little bit frustrated by people talking whilst he was on the mic. Mm-hmm. Stay chatty, except when Costello is doing his best work. Do you get a bit grumpy? No, I didn't get gr- it's just it's it's hard when you're trying to get a message out there, Tim, and the whole room's talking. Yep. So we had to stop a couple of times, and that's well, okay. That's, that's, it's a big room, well, so that's what they pay for, isn't it? it? That's, that's exactly right. I'm not sure what Alex is trying to get out there. Well, I think he's I trying to make a gag there. At the you've got a little bit bit frustrated, maybe a bit angry. Not angry. <laughs> Stay chat. He's tried to get this gag across the line, hasn't it? It's fell a little flat. Stay chatty, except you, when Costello's doing his best. Have work. you gone home from? the ball and thought instead of getting frustrated at the people looking out maybe looking in and say what can I do as an MC so they're, so they're focused on me and they're listening maybe well, a little bit of engagement well, maybe a bit of crowd involvement there's some things you can do I can, okay no, I'll take that feedback right. on board I'll take that feedback you know, on the board. easy thing to do is look out and be frustrated at people <laughs> talking but sometimes it's to look look in thank you and Tim and say what can I do to improve I hadn't real I hadn't realised you'd done it before so thank you for that no advice <laughs> morning lads bit off topic sorry I went to the North Melbourne Sid Barker medal Saturday night for a first year player in Harry Sheasel to win the BNF that's a fair effort the kid had an outstanding debut season cheers flash from Latrobe he certainly did certainly, certainly has anyone did. ever done that before Ooh, got me thinking. I wish we had a producer. 
Yeah, we can do that. Just flash on the screen yeah. with the facts for us. He's trying to talk to us over there. But anyway. What did you say, Hammer? Not in the AFL era. What about before that? Okay, will you find that and get back to us, please? (laughs) All right, it's time for new sport and weather here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. After that, we're coming back with Ben Smith, the basketball Tasmanian CEO. If you've got a text for Ben, let us know. What are we doing this social media feedback? 0437 552 It has to keep going down to him. We're talking too much. We need to get to it by the end of the show. Uh, New sport and weather is coming your way right now here on SEN Tassie. Good question, boys. Do you know whether the AFL or its clubs ask players to sign a disclaimer to avoid future litigation regarding head knocks, etc.? It's a contact sport and its inevitable injuries are going to happen, but the AFL can only do so much to protect players. It's, I don't know. Mm, no, I don't know the answer to that either, actually. Find that one out. There's another one for Hamish. He's also found out that Darren Mead won the best and fairest in his first in Port Adelaide's first season. He oh. was 26 years old at the uh, time. Though. That's the same thing, is it? He did mention that Sheezer was the first time in the AFL era. Was it not AFL when Port Adelaide came in? It was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's got the... He's got, <laughs> oh, he got him on the head, him. too. And for those who just tuned in, we've got the um, Nerf gun here that uh, Tim's brought in from his young son, Charlie, that we can... Hit hammer if required throughout the show, and he just copied his first bullet to the face. All right, we're going to straighten up because on the line now is the CEO of Basketball Tasmania, Ben Smith, who joins us on this Monday morning. G'day, Ben. Morning, Brent. Morning, Nice Tim. to have you on the show. G'day, Smithy. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. What's happening in basketball, mate? Plenty would be the answer, I assume, because uh, the Jack Jumpers season very close to firing off, and um, you're winding down, I guess, with the local club season. But there must be plenty for you to bring us up to speed on this morning. Yeah, there's, uh, it's been a busy weekend. Just gone. We've just had the finals of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers Junior League, um, presented by My State Bank, which was over the weekend. We had finals in uh, Alveston, Penguin and down in Kingborough over the weekend. Heaps and heaps of teams running around um, uh, playing for their premierships and um, winners and uh, runners-up all over the state which was uh, which was excellent and um, a huge weekend of basketball. So that's the culmination of the, the winter season but then the, the next phase in the basketball calendar is we go into our state championships uh, and our various schools tournaments uh, over the next few months. So, yeah, nothing really slows down too much. It's just a, a slight change of, uh, of focus. Uh, the other thing that's coming up, probably worth noting, is uh, during the October school holidays, obviously uh, thousands of kids around Tasmania are looking for something to do. We've got our uh, Maccas on your team holiday camps. Again, they're all over Launceston, Devonport, Burnie, Alveston, Sorrell, Kingborough and Warrane, various dates and times uh, all over the state. So if you've got a, a young person in your house that's looking for a uh, for some basketball fun in the holidays that would be a great place to start yeah absolutely smith our basketball participation we believe over the state is exploding you must be thrilled to see tasmanian players now coming on to the jack jumpers books and, and into their squad and is there you know yeah. possibility of more coming on in in the next few years yeah well uh, coincidentally at the same time uh, last night nash walker a uh, young tasmanian guy uh, hailing from Smithton, was playing for Australia last night in the under-16 Australian team. Uh, they played um, uh, India last night in their first-round match of the Asia Cup, and they had a pretty comfortable victory, which was not unexpected. But Nash is uh, one of the many 
up-and-coming Tasmanian talents that are starting to make their way on the national stage. And, um, you know, him and people like um, Jacob Furphy and we had uh, uh, Lucia Hearn play for Australia earlier this year. So they're, they're, we've had a, a fairly consistent representation of Tasmanians in Australian team uh, working their way through the underage uh, national ranks and hopefully uh, somewhere down the track they either end up um, heading off to college and, and into the NBA potentially or uh, or also through to the NBL. So, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of good kids coming through. Just on that, Ben, great to see some more Jack Jumpers players as part of the Jack Jumpers squad. Oh, sorry, Tasmanian players part of the Jack Jumpers squad this season. Lockie Barker and, and Jacob Richards, both part of uh, the team. Obviously, Kai Savage and Trey Armstrong were offered uh, DP contracts. So it's becoming a thing now, isn't it? We're starting to see some of these local players being part of the NBL side, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And and we want to make sure that every kid coming through the pathways, you know, when they start out as a five-year-old or, or taking up the sport at, at 12, 13, 14, 15, if, if they aspire to, to play the game to their highest potential, we want to make sure that they can explore that to their full. So we've got um, very um, well-advanced and developed uh, development programs, our state development program and future development program. We've got about 500 kids in those programs going through their paces every year. And kids like Nash Walker are the sort of uh, the uh, the nuggets of gold that come out and uh, and progress on to higher levels. Smithy, what what is that pathway now? I suppose for years we haven't had an NBL team. So if I'm a young Tasmanian basketballer, is yeah. there a really clear pathway through from a state underage team through to the Jack Jumpers? Is there is that yeah. a direct link yeah, now between is. the two? Yeah, there is, and it's probably worth highlighting the role of the NBL one teams, uh, Launceston Tornadoes. Northwest Thunder and the Hobart Chargers that they play a really key role in uh, in that progression because as you understand in your sports development as an 18 19 year old you may be not quite the finished product and and um, there is an opportunity through those uh, NBL one teams for players to get that extra experience at senior level uh, to me I, I look at them as being a, a similar structure to sort of Premier League cricket in a lot of ways that they they provide that bridging competition between the professional game and the amateur game and um, yeah those, those clubs play a really important role in that pathway and then obviously when players are doing well like a Jacob Richards who's obviously been with the uh, the Chargers for the last couple of years that that's a, a great opportunity for the uh, for the Jack Jumpers to have a really close look at him and his progress and and get him on to the next stage. Ben, I wanted to ask you about uh, when we when people heard you were coming on we've had a few texts in one was about uh, referees and uh, their role they're playing in, in basketball at the moment. Um, one person texting saying it's at diabolical levels. There's unqualified green shirt referees overseeing TSBL championship games in Hobart. Um, some said it's in some instances it's just a lot of parents helping out um, and you can go and sort of be uh, better paid and have better conditions um, officiating at social or junior domestic competitions. Is there a big pay discrepancy with other states for the same level of officiating and do we need to get better in that area? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily uh, point at the pay discrepancies. I think we've got a, a very complicated matrix of how uh, referees get paid depending on the, their level of accreditation and, and the competition they're refereeing in. But um, what I will say is we need more of them, uh, absolutely, and we need to make sure we're looking after them. And um, every referee we've got that gets out on the court and does their job, I'm sure, gives it their all and, uh, and does their best to provide a great experience for the players. Uh, it's not helped when uh, we, you know, some uh, useful advice gets uh, offered from the stands. But um, we've been taking steps to address that, and um, 
and you know, we, we really want to make sure that we're developing the next crop of, of junior referees as well as junior players. Uh, and we've got some great kids coming through, and a, a few of those will be off to the uh, under-14 uh, National Club Championships uh, next week. So, um, yeah, there, there's it's a it's a pain point for the sport. We need more of them. We need about 700 more referees, to, to be blunt. Um, and we need to keep the... Uh, we've got about 350 currently on our books, so we, we can't lose the ones that we've got, but we need to certainly need to find and develop more. Yeah, so I don't think basketball's alone there, Smithy, that's for sure. But uh, the other one that's sort of raised a little bit on our text is the facilities. Um, obviously, again, with basketball exploding, have we got enough courts around the state? And the ones that we do have around the state, are they in good enough condition? Uh, yeah, the short answer is no, we don't have enough. Uh, our calculations, we need about 26 more courts like today. Um, there's currently about... 12 in the pipeline between Launceston, Devonport and Hobart um, which sort of gets us some way towards where we need to go but all of those projects are um, either one to three years away um, and then some of our existing courts uh, Moona and Clarence have recently had some funding um, uh, committed to upgrading them, doing things like fixing roofs we've got leaky roofs and uh, floors that need re redoing and backboards that need replacing and uh, there's a, there's lots of work to be done, so yeah, we we certainly need more courts. We need them yesterday, and um, we need to upgrade the ones that we've got. And it, it comes down to purely to funding. Obviously, there's a lot of money going into the the top end of the sport. We just need to see that drip th through to community basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know we're we're working really closely with uh, the state government and the education department as well. They're they're looking to make sure that if there is a school facility that is suitable to be used uh, that we can upgrade that school facility and get it you know sort of competition ready so that we can use it for uh, for junior basketball um, I'm just in exchange with the Launceston Basketball Association at the moment they've, they've identified seven courts around Launceston that they think with a little bit of upgrading we can get them competition ready so you know those sorts of projects are absolutely critical to, uh, to getting us to be able to service demand, you know, we want to make sure that if a if a kid turns up tomorrow and wants to play basketball, that they can have a good experience and there's somewhere to play. So we've got a lot of work to do, and um, yeah, we'll be partnering really closely with the government and the education department to service that demand. Ben Smith, the Basketball Tasmania CEO, is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast. A couple here off the text for you before we let you go. Ben, morning boys. Can we ask Smithy about Lockie Brewer, please? Does he have a DP contract? That's from Glossy and Lonnie. Well, he doesn't have one with the Jack Jumpers at this stage. Glossy, another one here uh, for you, Ben. How do we change the culture of coaches in basketball on the behaviour towards umpires in junior sport? Yeah, it's a it's a good one. That I re, I'm I'm uh, working really closely with Nick Martin, the head of our um, development. He's our basketball development manager, and he he fronts and heads up all our coach development programs. And I think it's a really important um, conversation to be having around what they see at the elite level, at NBL and and uh, NBA level, with coaches sort of uh, they have some fairly feisty uh, engages with the the referees at that level. You know that's entirely inappropriate at, at an under-12 game, and so we've got to make sure that uh, at each level of the sport that the interactions between coaches and um, and referees are appropriate. And we know at the professional level that uh, that's sort of one thing, but um, in junior sport, you know, when we've when we've got a crisis in refereeing, we we absolutely need to make sure that our coaches are respectful 
uh, and supportive of our referees because it, every decision they make, in my mind, they are 100% right because if they, if they weren't out there making that decision, then we wouldn't have a game of basketball. So uh, we've got to make sure that that filters all the way through the grades. Yeah, absolutely. Smith, we've got one more text in here around the courts asking, are, you touched on all courts being used, are all courts being used such as private schools, etc.? So I suppose uh, we're asking, are, are the private school courts being used in community basketball, or are they just kept for the schools themselves? Uh, there's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a combination there. Some schools are more open and accessible than others. Um, and so, for example, in St. St. Pat's in Launceston, we use regularly for for our tournaments and for our uh, state development program. And then there's other courts that um, you either can't get into, or um, the cost to access some of those courts is prohibitive. So. So yeah, we're we're trying to look at all the different angles of of where we can get in and access a court. And I know there's some court developments in a couple of the private schools that are also in the pipeline. I should have added them to the list. Um, there's uh, a number of courts actually, and major developments in some of the private schools. I know Hutchins are looking at a um, a two court facility that looks really um, really uh, impressive. Uh, and then when those facilities are built, yeah, we we'll be working closely with those schools to uh, to develop some partnerships and make sure that the community can come and use them when the school doesn't need them, um, which obviously they're not going to use them 24-7. Great stuff, Ben. Great to have you on the show this morning. Just a reminder about the Maccas on your team basketball camps coming up in the school holidays for junior players in the north, northwest and south. Just quickly, Ben, how do they get involved if you want to be involved with the Maccas on your team basketball camps? Yeah, head to our website, uh, basketballtaz.com.au and uh, click on the Where Can I Play Maccas on Your Team um, link and um, you can register down the bottom of that page and, uh, and get yourselves involved and uh, hopefully have some fun and get, uh, get out and about during the school holidays. Great to have you on the show, Ben. No worries. Thanks, guys. Ben Smith, Basketball Tasmania CEO, joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Another text in here on our open line. Great show so far. Thank you for making my Monday morning already. Thank you for to Andy for your text this morning. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the open line, 0437 552 You might have a question for Darren Sturgis, who's the Hobart International Tournament Director. He's coming up with us after 8.30. But after this, we're back with questions without notice here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for Monday morning. On SEN Tassie Breakfast, questions without notice. It is indeed where we ask each other a question without notice. What are you laughing at? Oh, just the text that's just come through. What was it? Uh, from Daniel. It says, how good was Signet Footy Club? Well do, boys. Well do. I suppose he means well done, boys. I, I just wonder if he's a player. <laughs> he's down there having a beer and he's forgot the N-E off the end of his word. Oh, they'll be up and Can about happen. the Signet boys. Don't worry Certainly about would that. They would be. They would uh, all right, you want the new ball today? All right, Breno. First up, name the Jack Jumpers player who will exceed expectations or go to another level this season. Well, you might have touched on him earlier in the show. Your Jordan man. Crawford. No. Marcus Lee. No. <laughs> what are you? What are you? Skip the vice captain. Bab, you touched on earlier. Well, I thought you. What is your question about? A veteran, or is it about a young player, or what, what do you Name mean exactly? The Jack Jumpers player who will exceed expectations or go to another level this year. So, well, it could be old, young. Here's one I like to put on the table mid range Walter Brown, okay, who's just got back from the FIBA World Cup with his native New Zealand. If he can get an opportunity to play, I think he could do some damage. And I know they really rate him highly. He's obviously had his. 
DP contract extended. What are you doing? Just a bit of a head wobble. If he can get uh, get out there, and we know he have the chance because you know everyone's on the same level when when you're a jack jumper and you get opportunity if you deserve it. So if he can get that opportunity, I reckon he could uh, be very very good. I reckon Shawnee McDonald could go to another level as well, which he did last season. Just one, thanks, Thank Hammer. You. Walter Brown, there you go. Thank you. Next uh, question. Question for you, Tim. You can pick one Tasmanian football figure to be involved with the Tassie club in some capacity, coaching, football department, executive. Who would it be? you got a, a blank check. Who are you getting? I'm getting, after he wins a premiership, Chris Fagan. Okay. Because experience, he's worked in the industry for a long time, but he's also worked across a lot of roles from assistant coach to head of football to Alistair Clarkson's right-hand man to senior coach. So he'd be certainly first or very high on my list. Before a CEO people. And, you know, a, a well, marquee player? No, because it didn't say pick your first one. It said pick one Tasmanian okay. football figure mm -hmm. to be involved. So That's no, I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah, they'd probably pick the CEO. They've done all that. Mine would be Chris Fagan. Daniel just texted in and said, whoops, was a long weekend. Thanks, Paney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy the celebrations, Daniel. Okay. Where would you rank Simon Goodwin among the current crop of AFL senior coaches? Tough one when you're not in the building, I know, but... Um, I've been... I think we spoke about this on Friday. I've been a little bit disappointed with Melbourne and their commentary with the Maynard stuff. Yeah, and, I didn't like it. No. Um, but as far as coaching goes... Well, obviously, he can coach. He's won a premiership. Uh, where does he rank among the current coaches? They've lost their last four finals. They've gone out in straight sets this season. So I'd have a few ahead of him. So mm. middle, you know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say, isn't it? When you're not in the building. Yeah. And you don't. You're not coached by him, or you, and you don't know yeah. his strengths and weaknesses. You asked the question, mate. It's your question. No. Well, you didn't give me an answer, so I had to fill in a bit of time, didn't I? But, um, I think. Do you think they've wasted a little period though? A hundred percent. I mean, they've yeah. won a premiership, which is not to be frowned upon. But mm. could they've won a couple in yep. the last three years? I reckon they could have four years. Uh, Tim, what's your biggest concern for Australia ahead of the World Cup? Any time from now? Probably. No, I haven't got any. I think even with injuries, I think we've got some real depth. Um, Travis head out it's obviously a, a huge blow he's, and just particularly with how well he's been playing but I think Matthew Short's a great addition to the squad I think he can fill that role if needed Mitch Marsh went up and opened the batting last night so again I think we've got lots of options that would be the concern is that Travis who's been one of our form players is out but I think we can hopefully cover him with a Mitch Marsh going up Short coming in uh, Warner back in a bit of form so um no, no huge concerns. I think we'll be right in the mix come the back end of that tournament if we can play our best cricket. Okay. Well answered. Saturday's SFL Grand Final is the biggest upset you have seen since. Ooh, since. Gee. Um, mm, that's a hard one. Are we talking locally, nationally, internationally, or it doesn't matter? You've got me there, I think. I can't think of anything. What about Essendon coming back against North Melbourne in that 69 game? 69 points down. That? that was pretty amazing. 2001, that, that game was. Yeah, let's lock that in. Yeah, yeah. That, that was incredible. 69 points down. But, yeah. you know, the Signet... Oh. Tell you what, I played in a... I think we played in a Shield game where we bowled New South Wales out for 48. 
and had a huge first innings lead and lost. That was a fair comeback. Can't remember the exact numbers. The, the Signet story, though, that no one got near, near Huonville, including Signet, this year. It was just one of the great seasons by the Lions, and they just couldn't against the odds. Put it, it, pull it sure. together on Saturday. That was yeah, Oof, amazing. Uh, last one for you, Tim. For the second season in a row, a first-year coach has taken a team that finished bottom four the year before to a prelim. Did you think this trend could cause AFL clubs to be even more ruthless, or do you think this trend could be used by AFL clubs to be even more ruthless with head coach sackings? Well, it could be, but I think the flip side of that is a Michael Voss when you stick with it. So again, it's it's every situation is different, every coach, every playing list, every club is different. So I think what's important is what you've seen with McRae and now Adam Kingsley is you've found the right coach for that group of players. Mm-hmm. So I think Richmond are going through a really extensive interview process, doing their due, dil- due diligence to find, make sure you get the right coach that fits your group. doesn't mean someone's necessarily a better coach I mean, you, you could have three or four in the mix that are all excellent coaches, but what coach's personality is going to fit where your group is at right now? Text in here from David, and thanks for refreshing my memory, David, because how could I forget this? I was there on the night at John Kane Arena. He says the biggest upset since the Jackies beat Melbourne United to make the grand final in their first season. Of course. Well, I was there too that night, I think. You were, actually. Yeah. And Hammer was too. Well, isn't that cute? The family reunion. We're all there. We had a number of the Tigers cricketers yeah, there that I night, remember. actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's get to your social talkback like you wanted to do through the whole show. Oh, now, <laughs> been a big week again. Silky, we talked about on Friday, changing his allegiance from the Sydney Swans yep. to the Giants. He said that was pre-2012, that photo, which is fair enough. But does that mean he jumped off the Swans before they won the 2012 flag? Because that's when GWS came into the competition. Mm, we'd have to we'd have to get him on that one. I'm not sure. How about this? So Essendon Footy Clubs. What about the next one? Oh, you can read that one. If you're basing it on that painting, half of Tassie will be embarrassing when the Tassie team comes in, won't they? Question mark. So From he's... Jay Colton B on TikTok, bringing up he's come to the defence of Jordan Silk. Uh well, if you couldn't get any hint of sarcasm in what I was saying to Jordan Silk. One, because I like to wind him up. But two, that I'm and I'm currently on my fourth AFL team. So me giving someone <laughs> stick, uh, Jay Colden B, is slightly sarcastic. Um, and no, it won't be embarrassing because the Tassie team will be my sixth team. Yeah, go Wush. Proudly. Essendon Football Club wrote that on its official TikTok account after Jess Wushner joined the show. And Hammer's written here, another tick for Hammer's social media engagement. He's giving himself the pump up. Might need the wobble double. Need one Hammer. of these for you, Hammer. Give yourself a little head wobble. He's much better looking than you too, by the way, yeah, Brent. This it's a worry, isn't it? When a bobble double's better looking. No, he's doing a good job though, Hammer, and he doesn't get too much positive feedback from us, Breno. So no. maybe he's getting on the front foot and giving it to himself, which is excellent. Yes. Uh, the amount of drunken pub log- logic on display here is off the charts. That's from Punt Road on X in response true. to Penny's Ben Stokes comments. Absolutely true. This doesn't end well. Retires, stops training. get this one. Starts eating pie, morphs into a new age Billy Brownless. That's uh, to Jack Rewalt. Rupert Pumpkin. Mm. Too much peroxide. Chestnut on TikTok on Pony's blooper reel. Oh. That's starting to slowly make its way out of your hair. Thank God. Which is good. And some and more. Thank God the blooper reel's dying down as well. 
a range of comments here on TikTok about you and the Tassie jumper. Uh, Tim has been on the ball lately with the thumbs up emoji. What is Bud waffling about? Blood. Tim, <laughs> blood. Blood What's waffling, that? waffling about. Uh, Tim speaks facts, but the next one down says Pony Fluid in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, Japanese. 0437552535 is how you can get to us via text this morning. We'd love to hear from you on the show. We're off to new sport. Well, before weather. we do, Brent, I know there was one thing that you wanted me to bring up quickly. Was you going with Adam Kingsley as your coach of the year? Oh, well, He's we, taken them from the bottom four in round 12 to a prelim. Wait till they win the grand And you final. copped a bit of flack. I mean, you copped bit. very little flack in comparison to what I cop on our social media. But people jumped on you for that one. Yeah, they did. For overlooking uh, Craig McRae, Ross Lyon. And look at you at the moment. That head is Wait till they win the grand final, Tim. Uh, We're off to new sport and weather and back with our Tassie Sports Stars of the Week here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. On SEN Tassie Breakfast, Tassie Sports Stars of the Week. Yes, it is, and uh, we've got a lot of people that uh, could be in contention for our Tassie Sports A lot of nominations. Of the week. A lot of nominations. We've had to be ruthless, though, Tim, and come up with some. Would you like to start First with one's the easy. male athlete? Rochalee legend Josh Holton. Fairy tale finished his career, probably as fairy tale as you can imagine. 35-year-old forward was best on ground in the NTFA win. He kicked five goals, including his 1,000th career goal. And to top it off, he celebrated the Premiership win with his 15-year-old son, Lockie, who was also in the Premiership winning team. All the best, Josh, in his retirement. What a way to finish, Brennan. What a way to finish. That's the perfect way to go out, isn't it? Well done to Josh and Rochelle. I'd like to know how many games he played, Hammer, for those 1,000 snags. Still, 1,000 snags. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, our female sports star of the week. Last week, AFL Taz historian David Ingram kindly reached out to the show and provided his statistical summary for every female Tasmanian footballer who played across the Bass Strait in a state league. From this, we picked the player who we judged as having the best campaign, and that person is Sarah Skinner. After being delisted by Sydney's AFLW side, Sarah returned to the VFLW and signed with the Western Bulldogs. She played 13 games where she averaged 19.4 disposals and 5.7 tackles to ultimately finish runner-up in the Dogs' BNF. Hopefully, Sarah can return to the AFLW soon and thanks Surely. to David for his tireless work keeping track of Tasmanian footballers wherever they're playing across the country. And yeah, if Sarah Skinner isn't in the best... Sure, uh, that gives her a sniff. Oh, it has to. She, she's a star. I've seen her play a lot, Sarah Skinner, and how she's not in the AFLW, so I don't know. Uh, junior Sports Star of the Week, Tim. Faye Reed, Year 11 student at Collegiate and, and Sailor at the Sandy Bay Sailing Club. Faye recently returned to Tasmania after finishing fourth in the World Championships in Belgium. She was also named Tasmanian Youth Sailor of the Year at this month's Tasmania, Tasmanian Australian Sailing Awards. And thank you to Jory Lynn Scott. Commodore at the Sandy Bay Sailing Club for making us aware of Faye's incredible accomplishments. Well done, Faye, and well read, Tim. Uh, we finished with Did our... Get that sp- name right, you reckon? <laughs> I think you stuffed up most of that. I think you said, <laughs> think you said collegian or something instead of collegiate. collegiate. I thought you said collegiate. I might have misheard you, no, sorry. collegiate. Uh, our team of the week, we mentioned them before, but hard to go past Signet for this category after they shocked everyone, including me, by winning the SFL Grand Final on Saturday. If you missed it, here's a bit of a how it played out. Chop this out, Hammer, and keep this... As a receipt. Hugh and Villa will beat Signet. They will. Yeah. <laughs> They've had an exceptional year, the Lions, and we'll get the job done in the decider. Yeah. 
Okay, nice stitch up, fellas. I thought we had some grand final audio to play there. So, Harry, you're good. about to get a bullet out of the Nerf gun in a minute. Uh, Port were down by 31 points at quarter time, though, but eventually ran out by 36-point winners. An amazing turnaround, a 10-goal to one second half. Uh, Thor Boscott was immense, winning the Gorringe Martin medal. As and he's player. done now. Hey, He's leaving, isn't he? I heard this too. Back to the Dale? I don't know where he's going, but he certainly won't be at Signet. That's, oh, that's what I read. I heard he's going back to Lauderdale. Watch okay. this space. Cut that out and keep it as a receipt, well, there you Hammer. He might be back in the red and black next year. We'll wait and see. Hey, we're off to another break. 0437 552 is our open line. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Send us a tw- question for Darren Sturgis, the Hobart International Tournament Director. He's up next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast on this Monday morning. Thanks for your company this morning on SEN Tassie Breakfast, wherever you're listening to us uh, around Tasmania, Australia, all the world via the SEN app. That's the best way to get us. Of course, we're on 1629 in Hobart, 1611 AM SEN track in Devonport and Launceston. Get us on social media too at SEN Tassie or indeed on our open line, text us in 0437 we're switching our focus to tennis now, and joining us on the line is the tournament director of the Hobart International, Darren Sturgis. Welcome to the show, Darren. Morning, guys. How are you? We're going well. Big weekend for you. You had Craig Tiley in town, of course, uh, who uh, runs the Australian Open, and we're, we're gearing up for the Hobart International, which, you know, it's only September, but it'll roll around pretty quickly from here, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely the end of the footy season as we start to get into finals with certain certainly start to turn our attention to the summer sports and yeah really looking forward to another great Hobart International. Now Craig described the tournament in the Mercury over the weekend as a great platform for future stars to start their careers including the likes of Ash Barty, Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka. Do you feel um, that that's one of the main purposes and draw cards of the tournament? Yeah I think uh, it's got a rich history coming into the 29th year next year that uh, got so many players that have come through that have started their career there, even as recent as the US Open, the, the women's finalists there. Arena Sabalenka was here a couple of years back, and it's a great uh, a great preparation for the Australian Open. A lot of calm before the storm, but um, the players really enjoy that, that build-up to the Australian Open because when they get to Melbourne, it's pretty chaotic in terms of the number of players on site, the, the fight for practice courts, and they can just settle in and ease into it uh, here in Hobart. Sergio, I like asking you about a roof at the domain. Uh, it's uh, always a thing we talk about. We've been pretty good with the weather, though, I think, the last or well, this year, wasn't it? It wasn't too bad, but uh, you're still looking at that because we know what the weather's like here in Tasmania and it can disrupt a tennis tournament. Is that still on your radar? Yeah, we definitely need one at some point. Um, it just gives certainty to the, to the play, um, so the fan gets a great experience knowing that tennis is going to be played on there, but it also opens up other event opportunities throughout the year as well. Um, I think there's a, there's a great opportunity up there at Domain to, to capitalise on the, on the views and the scenery of you know, anything from uh, sort of moonlight cinemas through to Taz Symphony Orchestra to, to world-class tennis. I think it's a great location and it's a nice size venue there too. Yeah, absolutely. Our tickets go on sale later this week. What do the punters have to look forward to? Is there anything new um, for this year's tournament? Yeah, so we yeah go on sale at 12 noon on Wednesday and um, we've got the free opening weekend once again, which has been really popular and we're looking forward to 
to ensuring that everyone can come in and see world-class tennis if they want to and tickets from $25, kids going free all the way up to the finals. Um, what we are looking to do is move the um, move the site up to the top end, um, closer to the TCA ground, which is going to enable more accessibility for people to be able to come in on that same level as the Centre Court Stadium. Um, it's a beautiful spot up there with lots of trees and shade, and um, we're looking forward to that space and working with uh, more local local food suppliers. And really excited about uh, the world class tennis and who that next champion is going to be. Now, what about um, the tournament itself, Darren? Obviously, we had COVID um, for a couple of years. We didn't have it here, but came back this year. Were you ever worried that we might have seen the end of it uh, at any point, or were you always confident it would return here to Tasmania? Because I know there's a lot of competition from other places around Australia that would love to, to have the hosting rights of the Hobart International. We're lucky to have it, but was there ever any point where you were concerned? Um, look, we've always... I, I think our biggest risk is being complacent and... Uh, there's always uh, there's always um, competitors out there looking for looking for these type of events. There's only so many of these WTA sanctioned events that go around, um, but it's certainly the intent of Tennis Australia and also us to showcase world class tennis all across the country. And Hobart and Tasmania being one of those locations to be able to do that. We obviously have the Caterpillar Bernie International that follow the Australian Summer as well. Um, which is a great event. So what we can't do, though, is rest on our laurels and the expectation of the playing group um, and what the fans are looking for when they do come into to the experiences. We see it that My State Bank Arena is a brilliant facility um, and we need to keep raising the bar. We can't rest on that and, and something to, to that our team is going to work really hard to, to make sure we improve that customer and fan experience, but also the playing experience as well so that we can have the Hobart International for another another 30 years. Now, Tennis Tasmania had their awards night on Saturday night with Richard Fromberg being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Who else were some of the big winners? Yeah, so we had a uh, club of the year with Sorrell Tennis Club. Uh, the coaches took it out from the Domain Tennis Tennis Centre. Um, and we also had uh, Brenda, Brendan Oliver Ewan, Volunteer of the Year from the Hobart Out Tennis Club. Um, look, it was a really great night to have uh, Richard come down. Uh, we managed to keep it under under <laughs> under lock and key that he didn't know he was going to be inducted to the Tasmanian Tennis Hall of Fame as a as a legend. He's already part of the TIS Hall of Fame. Um, and look, he's a he's a very worthy recipient. And um, I know that Ian McPherson, the late Ian McPherson from Launceston, um, was a very staunch advocate for him to to be part of this um, honour. So we were. We were privileged to have him there and uh, it was great for the, the audience there to hear from him. Yeah, beautiful. Darren, before we let you go, is there any local names that we should be looking out for on the local tennis scene? Uh, yeah, well, our junior junior winners um, were, were George Anderson and Arwen Cosmopolitan, who um, George is uh, one of our top juniors coming through and Arwen, Arwen played in the state team, the Pizzy Cup, which is a high school competition um, this this edition, so uh, we've got a couple coming through. But I should say, with the with the Hobart International too, um, Lucy, our top ball kid, will go over to the Australian Open. So she was judged the the top ball kid of the Hobart International this year, and they get the opportunity to go to the Australian Open the following year. So something that if anyone out there wants to sign up to be a ball kid, it's a great uh, great incentive to to maybe step step on court at the Australian Open. Sensational stuff. A lot to look forward to in the next few months, and we'd love to get you back on once uh, some players get uh, signed up for the tournament, Darren. But uh, great work, and we'll talk to you soon here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Brent.
That's Darren Sturgis, the tournament director of the Hobart International. Now, text in here, not even a mention for Northwest Grads Premier League men's and women's hockey teams. First dual premiership in 30 years. BC is slipping well. Unfortunately for you, texter, whoever Jesus. you are, and didn't put a well, name to get that out of text, bed a bit earlier. you might want to listen to the start of the show. We mm. gave him a big pump up. So, um, unfortunately... You're wrong. <laughs> I'm well, not slipping I, at all. I was going to say, I agree with one bit of that. You are slipping a little bit. Which bit? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Good story, Tim. We're off to a break. You're coming out to wrap up the show next, and we're toasting our, well, someone that's done a good job in sport over the weekend. Done a great job. We'll get to that next. Thanks to 911 Bottle Shop. You're listening to SEN Tassie Breakfast for Monday morning. Almost out of time here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for another Monday morning. But before we go, it's time for our Toast of the Week. Thanks to 911, your local bottle shop. And, of course, choose to drink wise. Tim, Always. who are we toasting we today? We are toasting North Launceston playing coach Brad Cox Goodyear, who's led the club to another grand final appearance. The Northern Bombers have featured in nine. Nine out of the last ten TSL deciders. And a win on Saturday would be their first under Cox Goodyear. The North Launceston champion is also now the game's record holder and has also won the Hudson Medal this year as the competition's leading goal kicker. We spoke about this on Friday. Has the best resume in the TSL now, comfortably. By far. Yeah. Oh, we we threw up maybe he did because of premierships. And I saw it's, he's won like five or six. Yeah. Well, I think this well we're talking about sixth. Jay Biden. Yeah, but has yeah, how he, many, one, he made one one twenty sixteen. Yeah. So yeah. already five, maybe six. He's coaching. He's leading goal kicker. He's he's done it all. Games record holder. Yeah, yeah. So on, number one on Friday, we want to do sort of a press conference type interview. We we think hopefully we'll reach out to Trent Bormler, the coach of Kingborough, and try and get him in the studio, and then hopefully we can get we'll Brad get him in. on the line and have yep. a sort of a, a dual interview if you like. Okay. All right. Or we could split them. Yeah. No, nice. no, I think it would work well. Okay. I know you're used to being in a press conference on the other side of it, Tim. It'd be good for you, I reckon. All right. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. I'm, well, I've I've read out a few live things today, so I've conquered one fear, so maybe we go to the go to the next. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah. of course, the toasting special occasions or unwinding, visit your local today at 9-11, your bottle shop, and, of course, choose to drink wise. What's your week looking like, Timothy? Much um, on? A little bit on. There's a bit coming up in sport, actually, in in Tassie Breno this week. I think the Tassie Tigers will play their first game on Monday against New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, a one-day game. Uh, Where's that? That's at the Junction. Yeah, that's right. They've got uh, another one. And then they'll play Victoria yeah. a couple of days after that. So the Tigers will announce a squad, I imagine, in the next few days. So we'll have a look at that. Uh, the Jack Jumpers aren't far off. 29th, some, next Friday week. Real, well, they've got another couple point of games. Basketball. Yes. A couple of games at the Blitz coming up for the JJs to we'll finish things off for the preseason. So that would be our week. Our Friday show, lots of, uh, we'll try and get some cricket on. We'll try and get Scotty Roth or someone from the Jack Jumpers on and discuss what's coming up in Tasmanian sport. But they're probably the two biggest things. Got the Lynch medal tonight too. You can catch that on YouTube and watch it live. BCMC. BCMC. Cashy's Costello. <laughs> it's been another big show of SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks for your company. Have a great week, whatever you're doing. We'll catch you on Friday morning from 7 till 9 for more of our wonderful show. Ha, ha, ha.